I'm Lake Miller. And I'm Hannah Brown. Welcome to Gem City Diversity, a podcast where we talk about diversity and inclusion in the Dayton area. We're from the National Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton, or NCCJ. NCCJ works in the Miami Valley to increase understanding around the topics of diversity and inclusion. In this episode, Lake talks with Bill Hardy of Equitas Health. They discuss what Equitas Health is and what they do, their change in mission and in name, COVID, gender-affirming care, healthcare as a human right, and what it means to be a humanitarian. Enjoy! Um, Well, I really appreciate you taking some time to speak with us today. If you don't mind, as we're getting started, if you can just let me know, uh, spell and say your name, first and last name, as well as your title. Sure. It's Bill Hardy, H-A-R-D-Y. I'm president and chief executive officer of Equitas Health. Awesome. Well, welcome to the podcast. Let me first start by saying congratulations on receiving the Humanitarian Award this year. It's a real honor. Thanks so much. Yeah. Well, I wanted to take this opportunity to get to know you a little bit and get to know the amazing work that you all are doing here at Equitas. Um, So I wanted to start with however you might take this question, but um, to tell me about yourself. Well, I am uh, wrapping up my 29th year with Equitas Health. And when I began in the 1990s, 1993, we were AIDS Resource Foundation, Miami Valley, and like organizations around the country, uh, we were born in people's kitchens and living rooms in response to the then AIDS crisis. Uh, When I came to the organization, we were focused on the Miami Valley. I had a staff of, I think, three when we started. Um, We and I have grown quite a bit since then. We uh, expanded from AIDS Foundation Miami Valley to AIDS Resource Center Ohio. Um, Went through a number of mergers, um, including a merger with Columbus AIDS Task Force 10 years ago. Um, We began our first health center in 2012. We were not providing medical services until 2012. Uh, We currently have four medical centers, two in Columbus, one in Dayton, one in Cincinnati, um, and services in 13 towns and cities, including pharmacy, primary care, outreach, prevention, testing, um, in 13 towns across Ohio, and three pharmacies also in Dallas, Texas. We rebranded in 2016 to uh, expand our mission beyond the HIV community uh, and changed our name to Equitas Health. We're now one of the largest providers of our services, the type of services we provide in the nation, serving some 13,000 patients, medical patients this year, uh, more than 7,000 HIV positive individuals, and uh, thousands and thousands through our other services. So you mentioned in 2016, you kind of changed your name and, yeah. and kind of refocused where you were going. What led to that, that conversation? Well, you know, organizations like ours uh, across the nation have evolved from, um, again, the kinds of services that we provided in the 1980s and 90s, which were largely palliative to help those who are HIV positive or living with AIDS, uh, very often at end stages of life and prevention. Um, as uh, the science and the medical care of HIV positive folks have expanded, including preventative measures, biomedical prevention, so have services. And as people have been living longer with HIV, so have the needs for 
primary care and all the kinds of folk uh, services that uh, you know all the rest of us need. Um, and one of the reasons we changed our mission was because we had been doing such a great job with primary care and dental care and mental health, behavioral health services and wraparound services that those who were not living with HIV would come to us and say, why can't I come to you folks for care? Um, there was just a real call for us to provide the same kind of services, you know, to anybody who walked in our door. We also knew by that time that, um, and this was new for us, that having AIDS in our name, AIDS Resource Center Ohio, um, was a disincentive for many folks, especially younger folks, to walk in our door. Even volunteers, our pharmacies have always been open to the public, they're retail pharmacies, even folks who just wanted to use our pharmacy were concerned that if they walked in the door and somebody saw them walking in the door with the name AIDS above the door, they'd say, gee, is Bill HIV positive? So um, it was a business uh, and mission decision to expand uh, and open our doors. Now anybody, regardless of HIV status, can come to us for their medical needs. We are a federally designated community health center. Um, regardless of your HIV status, you can come for us for dental care, primary care, infectious disease, behavioral health, support services, pharmacy, um, and we're just serving thousands and thousands of more individuals as a result of that mission uh, expansion, including reaching more HIV positive folks and individuals who are at risk of HIV transmission or infection. So you're talking a lot about how the mission has, has kind of changed over the years. And I imagine in this last 18 months right, that there's probably been some major needs to, to kind of shift. So how has COVID impacted the way that Equitas goes about its business? Yeah, great question. Um, obviously, this is not the first pandemic Equitas Health has lived through. You know, HIV was our first pandemic. Um, in many ways, we shouldn't be surprised about the evolution of COVID-19. Again, for 40 years, we have watched the HIV virus um, evolve. Um, and for what it's worth, I think, our, our lessons were well learned over the past 40 years. And for Equitas Health, we were just in the process, we had just pivoted, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, our uh, prep pre-exposure pro, uh, prophylaxis program to doing that via telehealth. We had just made that decision uh, weeks earlier, uh, had just implemented that weeks earlier. So when the COVID pandemic was announced, we actually pivoted our primary healthcare services within three working days to reach people via telehealth. So unlike many, many healthcare organizations, we had no shutdown of our services. 90% of our patients had been pivoted uh, in our system to telehealth within five working days. So um, extraordinarily for us, again, like unlike, unlike many healthcare centers and community health centers, we did not see a decrease in patients. We saw an increase in patients and a decrease in no-shows because folks didn't have to drive uh, sometimes hours to come to us for care. They were getting care like we're chatting right now. So um, we were uh, very fortunate and well-positioned uh, during that time. We also began um, our new 
mobile outreach. So we've taken COVID testing and COVID vaccinations on the road, going to neighborhoods and communities that in many cases otherwise might not have been reached with COVID testing and COVID vaccination. Um, Equitas Health is firmly committed to science and to the science of vaccinations and testing. So um, we were ready and willing and able to do all of that. And are some of these kind of changes that you're talking about, the telehealth, things of this sort that, that you're saying are actually kind of eliminating some barriers for some of your clients, are some of these things going to be sticking around past the pandemic? Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things that Equinox Health is committed to is remaining relevant and accessible. Um, you know, and nonprofits, including healthcare organizations, need to be cutting edge. You know, the modalities that we use decades or years and sometimes months ago are not necessarily the most effective moving forward. So, as I said, we were already moving into telehealth for pre-exposure prophylaxis. That's a biomedical um, outreach to those who are at risk of HIV infection. Uh, because there are folks, you know, it's one thing to live in a metropolitan area, not so easy in many places across Ohio to get access to care if you're living in a rural area where there are no providers, where there are transportation is an issue. And we can do a lot of these primary care, you know, meetings like we're doing now. Um, and it's really extraordinarily um, helpful in increasing access to care. So you talked about vaccinations and COVID testing. Um, and actually, we've, as we've talked to humanitarian award recipients, um, this is a theme that's been coming up, is that people are very purposely going out and creating these targeted approaches towards vaccinations. Um, we actually, Gem City uh, Diversity, just finished a podcast series on gender-affirming care and on mental health care and kind of some of the representation disparities that we see in mental health care um, and just how important it is to have individuals purposely targeting these approaches, having those diverse providers. So I guess my question is like, what has been the impact of Equitas creating these very purposeful vaccination and testing campaigns? Yeah, yeah, great question. And, you know, our, our intentionality isn't just about vaccine vaccine methodologies or vaccine campaigns. It's also about crossing sociological and human identity barriers. So one of our largest and fastest growing programs is around gender affirming care. We have more than 3000 trans individuals who come to us for primary care. Some of them live in the communities where we have health centers. Some of them drive across state borders to come to us for care because where they have been going or not going, they couldn't find anybody who looks like them or who understands their personal needs, their healthcare needs. Um, and we're really experts in that field. So, you know, it's gender affirming care. Uh, it's providing services that are, are culturally competent and culturally humble, understanding where patients are coming from, using their language, using their identifiers. And you know, combining that again with cutting edge science like vaccination um, and biomedical issues, and you know, together, that's one of the um, that's part of the formula for the kind of health outcomes we reach. So, for example, around HIV um, nationally, gosh, we've come so far since when I first started. When an HIV diagnosis was a death sentence, 
Um, today, if we get people in care and on meds, um, viral suppression, they can achieve viral suppression, which means a near normal life expectancy and they cannot sexually transmit the virus. In spite of all of that, and 40 years of working at it, only half of HIV positive Americans are virally suppressed. Among Equitas Health's HIV positive patients, our viral suppression is over 90% because we understand them, we bring science to the conversation, we have wraparound services, gender affirming care, and, and this is just extraordinary. You know, when, when I talk about this, I get goose pimples. We have come so far. The glass half empty part is that only half of the TV positive Americans have achieved viral suppression. So we've got to reach them and others who are medically underserved populations, LGBTQ, uh, uh, black and indigenous by people of color. You know, there are lots of communities who are medically underserved that we continue to need to reach out to. And when you talk about, you know, having trans clients who are sometimes traveling from states away. Um, you know, to me, that, that's such a disturbing thing to hear, right? Um, well, first of all, I mean, that's amazing that Equitas is able to provide this service, but it certainly makes us, makes us question, like, why is that disparity existing? Why are those services not accessible um, near where that person is? And and I don't know the solution to that, and I'm assuming there's not an easy solution um, to, to fixing that problem, but um, I think that just stands out to me at the, the scale of this problem um, and also at the importance of having gender-affirming care and having accessible, inclusive clinics. Yeah. You know, one of the first steps um, um, is to help communities understand um, the individuals that we're talking about and their needs. And one of the ways we do that is through the Equitas Health Institute, which engages in research projects and also goes out to the community, to other providers, to healthcare organizations, to companies and employers, and you know, do basic education around sexual identity, gender identity. Um, you know, it's, the chances are very good that employers and healthcare providers have LGBTQ, including trans individuals, in their midst, you know, whether they realize that or not, and whether they know, you know, how to best incorporate and identify and work with and support them or not. And, uh, you know, sometimes we make leaps forward and sometimes it's just creeping forward, but we're moving forward. So if, a, if another provider um, is looking to gain additional insight or knowledge on this, how can they engage the Equitas Institute or any other resources? Well, they can contact us, equitashealth.com, and look on our institute page. Again, we do training. We can bring them on site. We can go to their locations. We do all kinds of educational components. Um, sometimes that's in person. It can be uh, like this. Uh, via the internet. We have training modules that are available. Um, we'll do anything we can to help move them forward. And, you know, the good news is um, we are making progress. You know, the world is, again, sometimes it's leaping, sometimes it's creeping, sometimes it's a step forward and a step backward. But we've certainly come along further than we were 50 years ago or 40 years ago, maybe even five or 10 years ago. 
So as I was looking through kind of the Equitas website and, and looking into Equitas a little bit more, something that stood out to me is it seemed that there was a lot of mentioning of, of the financial component of this, the like, what happens when money is a barrier, insurance is a barrier. Um, how is Equitas able to work with clients to make sure that that finances don't become a burden? Yeah. So, well, let's start with what we are, our, value, which is that healthcare is a human right. Um, we think that who you are or where you live or what you do for a living should not stand in the way of individuals being healthy. You know, some people have the means for healthcare, but regardless, healthcare is expensive. Um, as a community health uh, provider, a federally designated uh, community health provider, federally qualified health center, we can turn no one away for their inability to pay for services. Um, one of the reasons we can do that is we get funds from lots of uh, organizations, federal grants, uh, state grants, local uh, fundraising activities that we designate um, to the kinds of services that we provide. And our pharmacy um, serves a remarkably strong, important two-pronged purpose for the organization. First of all, we believe that medications can help keep people healthy. And again, one of the reasons our viral suppression rate is 90 plus percent is because if you're HIV positive and are seen in care, you're 95% likely to be on medications through our pharmacy or elsewhere. But the pharmacy is also a business model for us. We participate in the federal 340B program, which means that because we provide the kinds of services that we do with the support of the federal government, we can purchase our medications at low rates. And then the, the uh, difference between what we buy them at and what insurance or Medicaid, Medicare reimburses us at is a profit margin. 100% every penny of which is reinvested into care. So we do not have uh, you know, it's, it's owners in stock or investments. Our, our owners in stock investments are our patients. So every dollar that we make through the Equitas Health Pharmacy is reinvested into care. And we have, um, we have uh, sliding fee scales for all of our services, including uh, medication assistance. Uh, and that's our model. Again, nobody is turned away for their inability to pay for care. And does somebody need to be a patient of Equitas to use that pharmacy? No, the pharmacy is open to the public. Uh, it's a retail pharmacy. You can walk in there just like you would the, pharma, you know, the pharmacies that we're familiar with. Um, Over-the-counter medications, prescription medications, anything that you can get at any other pharmacy, you can get at our pharmacy. The profitability for us is largely if you are our patient using our pharmacy. That's how the federal 340B program is structured. So again, the pharmacy profits are meant to be reinvested in our patient care, the scope of services that we provide for our patients. Great. So let's shift gears a little bit towards you. Um, so I want to start um, with what does it mean to you to be a humanitarian? You know, my belief is that we should all be humanitarians. Um, you know, the first president of Antioch College and to the first graduating class of Antioch College uh, used this quote, be ashamed to die until you've won some victory for humanity. 
and honestly, that's my personal value. Um, we should all, uh, as we pass through this world, make the world a better place. Um, you know, my drive has always been to leave the world a better place uh, before working at Equitas Health, which is coming up on uh, 30 years now. I work in the field of child abuse prevention and domestic violence. Before that, I work in faith communities. So it's just my personal value um, that however we do it with whatever talents and gifts and resources we have, this is kind of our commitment to the race, right? To leave the, the world a better place. So my last question for you um, is as we look to young people and individuals who are just starting their journey in social advocacy and action, what advice would you have for those individuals? Uh, you know, so there are so many great things about young people, first of which is their future is ahead of them. Um, and they bring an awareness and a passion and an exposure to the world that didn't exist when I was, you know, in high school and college, um, you know, and my advice to them is to bring their best game to the world and the path before them or the path they create to leave the world a better place. Um, that can be exciting. It can be extraordinary. It can be extraordinary things done by, you know, common folks like us. And, um, you know, that's to me where the satisfaction is, you know, that all of us have the capacity in whatever role um, we have chosen or has been chosen for us by life, that we can make the world a better place. Well, thank you. Um, I have really enjoyed this. And I mean, just hearing more about the work that Equitas does, uh, it's amazing the things that are happening here. It's amazing the impact that this has on people. Um, as I said, this comes at a great time. We actually just finished this series on gender affirming care and mental health care and disparities within the mental health um, care community. And so I love this kind of hopeful ending that this work, this very intentional, very thoughtful work is happening in our community. And one more time, I kind of, I wanted to make sure we had this information for folks. If someone's listening to this podcast and um, is wanting to be connected to your services, how would that individual go about getting connected? Sure, they can uh, log on to equitashealth.com. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-S health.com. You know, and it really is hopeful. I mean, to be uh, really candid, Lake, when I was your age, these kinds of conversations were unthinkable to me when I was a young gay man. So we've come a remarkable way and uh, it really is exciting. And, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but I think, um, you know, as you were, as you were talking, the stigma piece, I think is such a, a central component to this conversation, right? And when you talked about, you know, the, the sign on the door saying AIDS and the stigma that's associated with that, we talk about the stigma about suicide and, the, you right. know, we know it's suicide prevention month right now. And, right. you know, there's so many, there's so much stigma attached to all of these identities um, and every time I go, for example, to like a pride celebration and I see Equitas out there and I see young people walking around with these, I, these rainbows and growing up in this, like, I, I see that stigma just being like chipped away at. Yeah. Yeah. Stigma, stigma really is still a real thing, you know, and many, many, many of our patients, 
are not only primary care patients, but they um, see mental health, behavioral health counselors. So uh, it does need to be chipped away. I mean, we've made remarkable progress, but stigma still exists, no doubt about it. Well, you are doing amazing work at continuing to chip away at that stigma and making sure that individuals can get that care and treatment that, that they need. Um, you know, I love your piece that healthcare is, you know, is a human right and, um, and making sure that people get that competent treatment that they need and they have a provider who looks like them, who has been in those similar shoes, who understands what they're going through. Um, that's just so vital. Um, so I want to thank you again for all of the work that you are doing and that Equitas is doing. Um, is there anything else that you want to provide while we're here today? I really enjoy this. It's just such an honor, you know, to be called um, uh, a hero or an honoree. Um, it's, it's humbling to be honored for something you know, that comes uh, with passion and commitment and, and so naturally. So uh, I'm deeply grateful um, for this honor and uh, for being with the other highly esteemed uh, honorees, most of whom I have worked with. So uh, thank you so much for this.